good shot. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely brilliant by Patrick Bamford. Kane! Hello and welcome to this very special 100 St. Martins football show. That's right, 100 episodes I've had to deal with Lloyd Maxson. Um, Alex now taking a mick out of Man United, something they'll do um, today because we'll be talking about the fourth round of the FA Cup that saw Man United take on Middlesbrough, Tottenham took on fellow Premier League Brighton and Cardiff faced a massive task up against Liverpool. And Lloyd, who did Arsenal have by any chance? Don't, don't think you were in the fourth round, do you? So... Um, so yeah, no Arsenal in, in this round as well, but better not boast about Man United. So as normal, I'm joined by um, Lloyd Bouncy, Arsenal fan, Tottenham fan, Max Noon. And in all fairness, as much as we give him stick and Cardiff stick as well, he must be really proud of his team, Alex Dearsley, after Cardiff give Car- at Liverpool a right good um, go as well. We'll also be looking back at uh, some of the deals that happened on deadline day and the Africa Cup of Nations um, later on. As well, but we'll start off with the FA Cup. Um, I suppose for me, we'll get it out of the way. Um, it did see my team, Man United, go out to the FA Cup to Championship Middlesbrough. Um, they finished 1 1 after extra time. Cristiano Ronaldo missing a penalty in the 20th minute. Sancho then scoring, who was brilliant in the first half, like the other players uh, in the 25th minute. Bruno Fernandes assists there. And then. Um, well, I don't know how it can get ruled out, to be fair, but it was Duncan Watermore who handballed it. Um, back post happened for Matty Crooks as well. Then Middlesbrough winning 8-7 on penalties. Anthony Alanga missing um, the crucial penalty, smashing it into the, the Stratford end. Um, so and I can confirm I am OK. I did not attend the game. So those worried that the ball uh, hit me in the Stratford end, I'm all good. I didn't go to the game, but... Um, <sighs> I don't know what to say, really. It's just... This is... I know we've said, obviously, it's been poor before, but, I mean, you know, as much as we'll say about the um, the, the VAR decision later on, I mean, we had, what, 30 shots on goal. Bruno Fernandes missed that um, open goal chance as well. But, you know, as I said, starting off with that offside decision, I thought it was an absolute joke. It was a... They said it was an accidental handball. I mean, you've got Anthony Taylor, the best English ref, and going to ref and represent England at the World Cup, and he makes an absolute joke of a decision like that. And you could clearly see it was a, it was a handball, which even the Middlesbrough coaches on the side saw that um, it was handball and didn't believe the goal ruled out. And in all fairness, Alex, don't give you much credit, but you've been saying it now. And obviously, Cardiff have had it in the past, where it's the best league and cup in the world and the worst referees. And I think it clearly proved that, that they had VAR there as well. Obviously, not all grounds have that as well. But, you know, we can blame that. And you can obviously say that goal wouldn't have counted and we would have gone through. But I think that would 
probably overall the cracks that you know first 45 minutes probably the best I've seen us playing in ages and second half he was really poor extra time woeful and then you go on to penalties which obviously is a bit of a, a lottery and Middlesbrough did fancy their chances last time we had a penalty shot we did lose the Europa League final but you know, Goffey are really sorry for Alanga. As shouldn't have to rely on a, a youngster like him to save us when we've got like experienced players that didn't step up, and that's something that we probably haven't got in our team. Is it? Is a leader like a, a Roy Keane, which hopefully I'd love to see in the summer, and I know my, other Man United fans would love to see in Declan Rice. But yeah, of course. And, and Lloyd, you'll probably ask me the question about Ronaldo in a minute um, as well. But it, there's just several problems at the club that mainly Alex has said about in for ages now that that it's, it's probably from obviously you can say um right from the top as well you can blame the manager but I mean you know that's Ollie now and as much as you may say well Ollie gonna social as a terrible manager you may hate him from Cardiff or whatever but Ralph Wanganick who's what regard as one the the most highly um judged managers by like Klopp and, and Thomas Tuchel so it can't be just the bad manager for for some reason, and you know the players obviously not playing for him. But so whether it's an issue culturally or another issue that that needs to be sorted out, otherwise we're going to end up like a, a Liverpool and not win the league for about thirty years because now we uh, and I've defended the players for for the months now when you've all given criticism. Yeah, okay, sometimes rightly so as well, but. Myself and other Man United fans are sick of it, and it needs to change like right now because the whole club is a mess. Yeah, we've got this Richard Arnold come in for Fred Woodward, which is great because we all know how much uh, trouble he was. But you know, right from the top and the Glazers down to the players, if you want a successful club, you need the staff right at the top and the players to be on the same hymn sheet to operate like a, a proper club as well like we was under Sir Alex Ferguson I'm not going to say we need another we're going to have another Sir Alex Ferguson because I think it's it's not going to happen but you know like I said credit to Middlesbrough and their 943 fans but I don't know well I think I'm going to give them a bit of criticism I don't know how they're challenging for the playoffs because I've seen better championship teams than them but you know they made the most of us playing poorly and missed great chances and, and they took it and you know, so that's all I can really say on on that point. Is well, I know Alex, you were laughing your head off, and um, well, what if you normally have a comment on Man United? So are you gonna give me some positives and agree with me on some points? Yeah, I agree with everything you've said, but the thing I don't agree with, I don't think it's the Glazers' fault. Far from it. I think they've given you the the funds and the support in the transfer market. I don't know who chooses the managers, and I'm not blaming the managers, but you are right, you know, they can't be the managers all the time, but you've had some good managers in, Mourinho and Van der Gaal and... Ollie. I, I still think... <laughs> no, not Ollie. 100% not Ollie. You've got to give him some... You've got to give him not, some not stuff back, yeah, looking yeah. back. No, because it, it, it can't... It, I know he's, you, he's, you know, lost the Europe League final, but <laughs> criticising him like it was his fault. It's I clearly think, not his fault. The players are not playing for another manager. Yeah, it can't all be his fault. He, he picked all the players. He signed 90% of them. Yeah, well, Wagenick is picking all the players. Well, no, I'm, no, I'm saying Wagenick. All day, he had like two, he had like two summer windows. We spent so much money and hand-picked a squad he wanted. Like, it's, it's entirely his fault. He, he, he literally had unlimited resources, did what he wanted... And kind of pull off. And this anything. is why I don't. Yes, yeah, so I don't think United fans are right to go against the Glazers. They're giving you all the support you need 
don't know how much money you've spent over the last five years, but it's it's a ridiculous amount of money, an absolute ridiculous amount of money from where you are. So as much as yes, okay, the guys might have to take responsibility for hiring and firing managers. I put my hand up to that. They might not pick the right guy to do that or woman to do that. But I'm sorry, you cannot blame the Glazers. They've invested massively in players for you. I don't know how much you've spent. I'd be interested to see how much they you have spent. They about the club, do they? They never what, come what, over. What like, like, on sa- like on it Sunday, it, it was the anniversary it? for the Munich disaster. You had all um, club board members there. The Glazers didn't fly over and come well, to remember. They never do. They well, never come to matches. But, well, no disrespect. That, but that doesn't mean they don't care. They, they, they invest as much as they want. How much more do you want them to give They you? They only care about their NFL team, which I don't know. Is it the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers. Yeah, but what I'm saying, how much more money would you like them to give to you? How much more money would you like them to waste for you? I don't know, you know. Well, no, yeah, well, they're giving us good money, but well, they've also got us in tons of debt. And then I'm not just blaming them specifically. Are you, are you blaming Roman Abramovich play... for not being at Chelsea for the last year and a half? It's not his fault. You can't the Abramovich, he gives the games, like, incredibly, incredibly, really. Yeah, so I, yeah I, but he's actually got things he's not allowed into the country. The Glazers are. And I they don't just don't. City. I don't see the Man City owner there every game. I, I'm sure, I don't know if they are. I have the game, but he's there quite a lot. Well, you do see him. But what I'm saying is the guy, the one from Liverpool, the Fenwick group, the, sorry, the Fenwick group, they're not there every game. They don't have to be. When you own a club, you don't have to be there. You're just giving them the money to run it. You can't, I think it's a bit of naive for you to call the Glazers out. I think that's wrong because I think they've given you more than enough money. One more thing. I'm not they just do. calling the Glazers I said the players have been poor. And Lloyd will probably ask me about the Ronaldo situation, which I'll comment on in a minute. The, the, the board, the whole club is toxic at the minute. Yeah, but what have the Glazers done wrong? Well, I just told you for years, years now they've got yeah they've they've gone out and spent what in this last. They can't lose owners. They can't go to pitch and start edging the ball in themselves. <laughs> I don't understand what more they can do for you. As surely if I said to me, well, Vincent Tang, you give us fifty million or sixty million to spend on players, I'd be over the moon, you know. I just, I'm not just solely blaming them because there are other problems, and and I'll let Lloyd probably ask the question he's always wanted to ask me. Go on. Well, I, I, I have two questions actually, and I'm mostly going to start with the Ronaldo signing, and if you regret it yet, after all of us said that it would be a bad signing, he's a luxury player, and too much isn't good enough. Um, he's, he's showing now that he's well, not actually that good. I'm not going to say he's not good. He's still one of the best players. good. And still, the, I, I, I'm not going to say I regret signing him because if we hadn't signed him, we wouldn't be in, still in the Champions League. We wouldn't be where we are in the Premier well, League. Had, we've gone around this about a million times, Leon. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. In a way, I don't regret signing him. Of course, we don't because yeah, he's a club legend. He's a fan favourite. But the Leon, fact we're saying is. No, no, he's our top goal scorer. Yeah, no, what we're saying is he does solve issues, but lots of the issues he solves are the issues that he creates. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Whether or not, I I hate to say it because I love Ronaldo, but whether he is a hindrance in in a way, I'm not going to say maybe, okay, he might stop some of the player development, the youngsters coming through um, as well. He he might be a hindrance. So, Chiellini came out and said that they were better off without him, which you can maybe question a little, considering Juventus got Champions League finals with him. But if if you give me the option probably now of, of getting rid of Ronaldo for a Kane or a Haaland, I'd probably bite your hand off because, yeah, 
he, I know he's what thirty six, so he probably isn't gonna press as much as you want, and, and I get that. Right, hold on, can we, just, can we just flip this the, on his head way? now, right? There's two players in the class of, of Messi and Ronaldo. Those two alone, standalone players, okay? They're standalone yeah. players in the world. No one can argue that. No matter if you like them, don't like them, who's the best, blah, blah, blah. Messi's gone to PSG and settled in. All right, not the he level of Manchester. Well, no, two goals in a French wait, league. You're not letting me finish. Wait a minute. He hasn't affected the way Paris Saint-Germain. There's not rumours going on that he's alienated play. But now, how is it Ronaldo's gone to a club and it's all problematic? He's never been problematic anywhere else. He trains to death. He does everything right. Like him, hate him, no matter what you are, arrogant, this one of the best players ever to play the game. He's gone into United and now they're questioning it. For me, forget Ronaldo, the question is, yet again, Manchester United. Well, no, he said they had problems, he had problems at Juventus. Well, what kind of problem? He didn't have a massive problem. He didn't do badly for Juventus. I'm sure he didn't even win the Italian league for him or whatever. Now, all right, he's 36 or, or whatever he is, but no one's saying this about Messi because, and they're the same sort of player, you know. Not much difference. You can't really separate the two total genius football players. But Man United got the problem again. It just seems a bit something not right with Man United. Forget Ronaldo. I think it's the it, it, Man United have got a huge issue at the moment. I don't know if it's here's one of the problems in a well, way. No, Why is he United are the like common denominator between all of it? Yeah, like you can like a Sanchez yeah. when he went there, and after his first training session, it was he literally rang rang a Wenger saying, "Can I come back?" Like you clearly have this huge culture problem. That's yeah, what Arsenal had as well. And then we've gone through this rebuild now. But you still like you still make jokes saying that our test is not really good, even though you don't know anything like that about us anymore. And you still have it going on in your club. Well, Max, what were you saying about Ronaldo at, Ju- at Juventus? I think there was, I think there was a belief among players that he he made the squad worse. But I think. Uh, overall, bit and you, you see that how they're a, a lot worse now. But I, I still think at the time he was more successful, just partially because obviously he joined when he was a bit younger. But also, I think maybe stylistically the Italian league. I mean, it was a strong team anyway. The Juventus team was strong, but also maybe the Italian league wasn't necessarily as challenging for maybe him to adapt uh, to in terms of just the entire style of Juventus in the play. Really, like I, we could have a whole show on United's problems. As well, I just think for all the way from the top and the owners, the board members, the, the staff, the players, it's just a complete mess at the minute. And like I said, obviously, you know, maybe an Amazon documentary which Arsenal are getting may may help us, but be interesting, especially the season with Man United. But clearly there's a problem, like I said, whether it's culturally, whether something's gone on in the changing room, we're never obviously never gonna really know the what's officially gone on. In there, so we can only presume what's on the pitch, but it just didn't look right when we looked really good first half, brilliant performance, and we come out second half, same players, and just got outplayed by an average championship team. Which I, I'm just thinking if Ronaldo went to any of the other top 10 Premiership clubs, I don't think he'd have made them worse. I don't care what people say, I don't think he'd have made them worse. I'm not do saying you think, do you them. think though, right? When it, in the past few months, and I, I will thing is, Ronaldo's had poor performances, a lot of poor performances, yeah, exactly. like, like a lot of other players, right? And not just singling out Ronaldo, oh, Sancho all season's been poor, right? Bruno's been poor this season. A lot of players have been poor. Do you yeah. think, though, that he would still be starting week in, week out for any other top team? Would he, think... if, if he had poor performances, would he still be starting for Tottenham? Would he still be starting for Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool? Arsenal probably could um... really many strikers but would I don't he think he have, I'll be honest with you I don't think he'd have had this amount of problems if he'd gone elsewhere I think if he had gone to Man City if he had gone to perhaps 
Liverpool if he had gone to perhaps Chelsea. He wouldn't be such a... He would have been told at the start he's not going to be a... Perhaps not a regular, but do, not going to be... Do you think we only top. signed him? Because I, I don't want to fully believe this, but some of it is making it not sense, but I kind of getting the point now. Do you think we only signed him for the worry that Man City were going to sign him? Because it was no links, so. no links to us. I'm not saying we didn't need him because we needed a, a out and out striker, and it was a great addition. But do you think we only signed him for the worry Man City were going to sign him? I would hope not, but if that is the case, well, that's crazy. That that is just absolutely crazy because you were never going to compete with Man City even if you signed him or not. So to do that. Was, if it, if that is the case, I I think you're in bigger trouble than even even anyone that would know. If they've done that pew to stop Man City signing him, I I would despair of your future because that's just I, I can't believe that would happen as a club like United. I would be as a Man United fan be mortified if that is the truth. But I, I don't know because as I said, you're not going to compete with Man City. You could have bought Ronaldo and Messi, and you still wouldn't compete with Man City. So. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. Perhaps the other two would best to answer that because they probably know modern football better than me. But if that is the case, well, like if, I think you're in much bigger <laughs> trouble than even you think. Max, you was going to say then? Uh, I was just going to say, I, 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 I do think that was a factor in it. Um, but also, I think, I, I think solely, I don't think it was any sort of tactical reasoning. I think it was the idea that obviously... I don't know who whose idea who who gave it the thumbs up. You'd assume Ole, obviously, as the manager at the time. Kind of, obviously, I just don't think enough maybe logic went into it as much as as much as it was. You know, obviously, Ole going. The fans are like this. Obviously, he's a good player, and you know, we should we should sign him up. I I just think obviously I don't think it's the only reason that Man City thing is the only reason. I think it's a factor, but um, I think it probably there probably wasn't enough. Whether it's you know proper scouting done or, or from a you know tackle perspective I don't necessarily think that was as big a factor as it probably should have been if, you, if you're going to sign someone or was it also that perhaps your Keynes or your Haaland or sorry whatever you call it Haaland's or your Mbappe's weren't available and they just did it just to sort of appease I don't know just that the others weren't perhaps available because because I don't know because Kane obviously wanted to move he didn't obviously he preferred Man City didn't he but he yeah I'm sure he would think... United but I, I don't know do you know what I mean? Perhaps because they weren't, you know, you thought, well, we've got a next biggest thing is is Ronaldo on it and he became available. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think that probably a factor as well. And so, quickly going back to your point, you was going to ask a second question. Uh, in the penalty shootout, you won the coin toss and it chose to go second. Why on earth does your club keep making that decision when you literally get a lower chance of winning when you go second? <laughs> I can't answer that because I'm not on the ball. In, in, in the past two penalty shows now, like I, I can't be bothered to look back further. You, you win the coin toss and then you go second. I, I like is it, but when you go first, you have a sixty percent chance of winning. Yet you are, you go for second every time. There, there's no good valid reason to want to go second. But it's like the mistake your team keep making. Like I said, this was quite interesting. Yeah, you know. Curious, but can't rule out that uh, we was poor um, on the day as well. There were some positives. Obviously, Paul Pogba come back, looked really good in the first half. First time he's played uh, for.
from November as well. And as I said, there are uh, negatives, like obviously Ronaldo missing that penalty on his uh, 13 years since he made his FA Cup appearance. But um, off the pitch quickly as well, before we move on from Man United, uh, in some very positive news, David De Gea become the first goalkeeper to win Premier League Player of the Month since 2016. We managed to get that one in. Um, as well, there has been obviously this weekend was a remembrance for uh, the Munich air disaster as well. We wore black armbands during the game um, as well, and obviously there was a special service on um, Sunday. Just a shame we couldn't um, take the results um, with that as well. And he's also obviously, as many people all know, um, Mason Greenwood hasn't been in. Uh, rightly so, hasn't been in the Man United team recently as well because he's obviously been going on with police investigations uh, about crimes he's caused. Um, as well, I know Nike have released, um, have officially ended their partnership with him today um, after his bail. Obviously, he was on bail at the minute after being arrested um, as well. So, obviously, um, you know, we just can't, can't really say. Um, much as well, what he's done is obviously um, terrible. Don't think he should ever play football again. Don't think he should be. In, I think he should be in prison for probably the rest of his life um, as well. But hopefully, you know, people criticising the club. It's not the club's fault as well. But in the way, I hope the club does support um, the Harriet Robson and her uh, family as well. And it was also sad news that obviously after Anthony Alanga missed his penalty, he was subject to online racist abuse as well which is just sickening um as well really unfortunate that he was a langer than mr penalty as well so hopefully he can uh, uh hold his head up now and um continue his brilliant performances he has been brilliant the past few months um as well and then moving on to the other fa cup action on saturday morning arguably um <laughs> the best action really as well we'll start off with stanford bridge this or chelsea only just and i mean only just get uh, through League One Plymouth um, Plymouth went ahead after eight minutes through Gillespie as well from a set piece always knew that Plymouth were going to be uh, dangerous from them as well Chelsea then continued to uh, power forward Hudson Adoy hit the bar um, as well the other chances as well then Asper Laqueta with a brilliant finish back heel um, as well and then he went to extra time 1-1 and then Marcus Alonso scoring in the 105th minute plus one minute of added time as well, before Plymouth thought they could have gone to penalties, they were awarded a 118th minute penalty before Hardy missed it um, as well. So it was Chelsea to go through as well. But, you know, a brilliant effort from Plymouth and especially from their 6,000 travelling Plymouth fans as well. I know um, looking on social media, they have a brilliant um, fan base as well. So really unfortunate for them. They can be really proud of um, taking the European champions all the way to extra time, potentially penalties as well, but a great effort from um, them as well. It was also a, a brilliant effort by Kidderminster Harriers to the National League North, um, only just losing to West Ham. I mean, it's the closest you can ever come to knocking out a Premier League team as well. Um, they went ahead after 19 minutes from a, a goal from Penny, a brilliant finish, really, a knockdown as well. Ariola not catching it and then a brilliant finish. Um, as well, then you were thinking as the game was going on, they can actually do this. They didn't really part the bus. They did come out of West Ham, to be fair to them, um, as well. And then in 90th minute, there was, what, four minutes of added time. Kidderminster were four minutes away from, you know, surpassing the likes of Wrexham beating Arsenal in the FA Cup. Ronnie Radford, Hereford beating Newcastle probably would have been the biggest shock as well. But West Ham's really only good player on the day. 
um, as well, coming off the bench was Declan Rice as well. A brilliant uh, finish from him, smashing it home as well in the first minute of added time. And he also got done in the first minute of extra time um, as well for Jared Bowen as well, um, scoring in the 120th minute. I mean, oh, heartbreaking for Kidderminster as well. A massive blow um, for them as well. But for West Ham, you've got to be... You know, credit to them for, for finding a way. But Kinnaminster, by far the uh, better team in that one as well. And I know, brilliant to see David Moyes after the game go and have um, a few drinks with the Kinnaminster, the, the manager as well. And, and you just saw the West Ham players, how brilliant they were with the Kinnaminster players. So, really massive commiserations to uh, both Plymouth and Kinnaminster. Really good games, weren't they, Lloyd? Quickly and really um, heartbreaking for, for both Plymouth and especially Kinnaminster. Yeah, they were both very interesting games. Uh, what did you think of the, the Declan Rice celebration? I see a lot of people criticise that a bit. No, I, you know, credit to him. Maybe, oh, you know, he obviously used to doing the dances and, and everything. Good celebration, to be fair. But, you know, I think people should more focus on his performance and the brilliant, well, actually, brilliant. It was a good finish, went past two defenders and smashed him. But, Probably West Ham's only real threat and only player that wanted him more. But no, very good creative celebration from him. So I'll, I'll give him that as well. But as you said, you know, really heartbreaking for um, the other, uh, the two Plymouth and Kidderminster as well. Elsewhere, the three o'clock games, Crystal Palace beat Hartlepool 2-0 again. Hartlepool having a brilliant fan base um, as well, that was thanks to goal from Mark Gray and Elise, who generally loves the FA Cup. He scored, what, um, eight goals, I want to say, now in the FA Cup as well. He's already scored, what, three this season as well in, in the two rounds. As well, so clearly loves um, the uh, FA Cup, so Mr. FA Cup for him as well. Um, and like I said, credit to Hartlepool taking um, tons of fans down with them as well. And one of the best stories was their manager, Graham Lee's wife, um, was undergoing brain cancer as well and required £5,000 treatment as well. And the Crystal Palace and their fans donated as well. So that's what um, especially football is is about as well. So massive credit to them. But it was Crystal Palace that um, went through and disappointed them. Um, 5,000 odd Hartlepool fans as well. Frank Lampard, we talked about him last time. Obviously now the new Everton manager as well saw uh, his side get off to a winning start against fellow Premier League side Brentford. Yeah, Mina put them ahead in after 31 minutes. Richarlison then just after half-time. Uh, Ivan Tony winning a penalty and scoring it uh, as well in the 54th minute before Mason Holgate and a late goal from Andreas Towersen was enough to send the Toffees through uh, to the next round um, as well. Elsewhere, Huddersfield, brilliant, doing well in the Championship as well, went through against fellow Yorkshire side Barnsley, a home to the goal after 19 minutes as well. Peterborough caused an upset, obviously QPR going well in the Championship, Peterborough towards the bottom in the relegation zone, but winning 2-0 as well, thanks to goals from Ward and Jones um, as well. It means Peterborough will appear in the fifth round for the first time since 1986 as well, so a brilliant achievement um, from them as well. Man City beat Fulham 4-1, it was Premier League, uh, top of the Premier League against top of the Championship and it was the Championship side that went ahead after four minutes. Cavalio, who uh, saw that deadline day move to Liverpool fall through as well, scoring off to four minutes and then two minutes later Gundogan scoring, John Stones, Riyad Mahrez coming back from the Africa Cup of Nations and scoring um, two as well, Mahrez and De Bruyne with um, 
the penalties as well. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm full of Max. Obviously, you might not have seen it a lot of them um, this season um, as well. But in the Championship, would you say what you've seen, obviously, especially Cavalier, we'll talk about him in a minute, that Plymouth, uh, that Fulham, do you have a, a Premier League side in the making there, squad? Yeah. I think so. Obviously, like you said about Carvalho, lots of it could depend on the business they do. You know, if they are to come up, um, you know, which is a possibility. So, you know, I I do think that the part of the sides, which you know, I don't know if you'd call them a yo-yo club, whether that would be uh, an offensive term, I don't know, but they are definitely that. You know, they they are up and down, and and they have players uh, of good quality. But like I said, you know, obviously, um, it obviously depends on the business they do. And you know, we saw a few seasons ago when they came up. Uh, they spent a whole lot of money and none of the signings really worked out. But, you yeah, know, it, it is impressive. But obviously, I think that the club, you know, any team in the championship needs to, to strengthen in order to stay up in the Premier League because it's obviously very tough to do. As well, so uh, definitely looking favourites to go up um, as well. Southampton overcome a shock as well. They took them extra time to beat um, Coventry as well. Coventry went ahead through a grossness after 22 minutes as well. Then a thunderbolt from Stuart Armstrong. What a goal it was. I think he got voted goal of the round um, as well. Got Southampton level before Carl Walker-Peters scoring in the 112th minute. Um, as well after extra time as Southampton avoided um, an upset to go through, um, knocking out Coventry as well. Stoke City beat Wigan 2-0 um, as well. Obviously, both teams haven't had much history since, what, 2010 now. Stoke making the final, losing to Man City. Wigan obviously beating Man City in 2013 as well, but it was Stoke that went through. As well, their new signing, um, Josh uh, Majors going on uh, the 14th minute before Browns going late on as well. That was after Wigan had Edwards sent off um, as well. So the, the travelling 4,000 Wigan fans were uh, um, good performance by them, but obviously weren't treated to a victory um, as well. It was the uh, travelling Norwich fans that rewarded a victory away at um, the Wolves as they won 1-0 it was McLean scoring in um, added time in the first half as well it was the only goal um, it was a, the Scotland link up there between Billy Gilmore and as I said um, Kenny McLean but it was Norwich that um, went through do you think Lloyd that quickly on Norwich that obviously fighting relegation now bit of a cup run obviously I've got Liverpool next but do you think that you know maybe there is that chance of a, a mini cup run well, I mean, I feel like in the cup you can obviously never say never, but it is really one of the it's like it's either top one or two type of fixtures you can have in the cup. So I think they definitely still look at the league, prioritise staying up again. Yeah, fair. obviously, you know, wouldn't mind a cup run as well. A bit jealous of uh, teams like Norwich as well, but um, notice them that uh, cause a bit of an upset. Uh, beating Wolves as well. Luton avoided an upset against Cambridge in the, the late game as well, winning 3-0 as well. Obviously, Cambridge uh, causing one of the shocks of the third round, knocking out uh, Newcastle as well, but he couldn't knock out uh, Luton. He was Burke that put um, Luton ahead after 14 minutes. Then Mendes Gomez and a late goal from uh, returning from the Africa Cup of Nations with Zimbabwe um, was uh, Miss Kiwi um, with the goal. Um as well to send Luton through as well. Obviously, it's only the second time that they've reached the fifth round Luton since 1994. FA Cup finalists in 1958 as well. So a tough game for them in the next round as well. Then in the last game on Saturday was Max's side Tottenham, who went through putting out a really strong team 
um, as well, beating Brighton 3-1. Harry Kane scoring the first goal after 13 minutes um, as well before Solly March own goal in the 24th minute as well. Then uh, Basuma going back for Brighton, brilliant performance by him and a Harry Kane uh, late goal in the 66th minute was enough to send Tottenham through. Um, as well in uh, Antonio Conte's, what, 17th game now. He's won 10 already in charge since he took over since November. Really good performance, Max, and you must be happy to go through to the uh, next round of the FA Cup. Yeah, very happy. Um, and I think this is a kind of performance that, that we've been missing. I think there's a lot of uh, energy there and aggression as well. So really encouraging. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. Obviously great to see Harry Kane scoring goals again. And uh, yeah, I'm glad. Do you think the FA Cup should be a priority now this season? Obviously, um, not in Europe, only got the top four. So, would you prioritise winning that trophy this year? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in, you know, obviously we're not in Europe. I think we're able to, to prioritise and, and try and work towards winning the Cup and finishing in top four. Obviously, I think that that shouldn't be something that we, that we, that we you know, choose between. So, you yeah, know, I, I think that it is it is a possibility for us. And I think that... It's a great opportunity to uh, to finally win a trophy because it's really something that is long overdue now. Yeah, so brilliant performance by uh, Tottenham. But as I said, Brighton give it a, a right good go as well. But it is Tottenham winning that Premier League um, clash as well. Then on Sunday, it saw a three ties take place as well. Probably, um, well, it really was obviously only one shock and that was the last game of the day. But in the first game of the day, and then on to Alex's team, Cardiff obviously um, did really well in the third round to come past Peterborough, but they had a really tough test against um, second place Liverpool in the Premier League. Obviously, Liverpool didn't have Mane and Salah playing in the Africa Cup and Nations final, but they did put out a really strong team as well. And credit to Cardiff, I mean, first half um, played really well. Um, you know, should have had that, I just thought, should have had a penalty that Kanate. Foul on Mark Harris as well, should have been given a penalty. Second half, should have had that um, red card, should have gone off to uh, Kellyhan as well. The Liverpool goalkeeper come way off his line and took out Mark Harris, I thought, had a brilliant game. And they defended really well. Obviously, we'll talk about the, the second goal. Um, is it NG, Alex? Is, is that right in saying? Is that his name? You defend? NG, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I thought thought he could have done better for the, for the goal, but... You know, credit to you. It was Diego Jota that scored after 53 minutes. Uh, Minamino scoring in the 68th minute. <clears throat> and then Harvey Elliott, who, um, to be fair to him, really good story. He injured his, um, or he suffered a dislocated ankle 147 days ago. Named on the bench. First time playing since September uh, last year. And he comes on and um, scored as well. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robson with the assist and Jota go on as well. But Luis Diaz come on as well for his debut. Debut assist and a win, so a good debut for him. But forget Liverpool a minute. We talk a lot about them. Alex, in a way, you must have been really proud of uh, how Cardiff performed. And um, I'm sure I know a lot of friends went to uh, the, to the Liverpool game. What, over 6,900 fans you took? So it must have been... You know, a really good day out and really proud of your team. Great. Yeah, they, they did. They, to be fair, so I've got to give them a lot of credit. They played really well. I know, don't get me wrong, Liverpool would have won the game, but it is annoying. They could have been 1-0 down if the penalty had been scored. No guarantees a penalty would have been scored. And down to 10 men, which would have made it a little bit uncomfortable, I think, for a lot longer for them. And I think the, the referee decisions in this country are just getting worse and worse. I, 
I know I've been saying it for a while, but I just I, I find it all a bit pointless with football these days. Not not so much the referee. The referees are useless. I've always known that. But the, what are VAR watching? I I I just honestly cannot get my head around. I don't mind the the ref not seeing it because he, to be fair, wasn't a goal score opportunity. But it was it was a nasty tackle. The ref probably had been unsighted, but VAR had a clear decision, and I just, I, I I just don't know what to say. I, I, it just baffles me. I, I do, you, do, you, do you think if that was, for example, against, obviously you didn't have VAR when you played Preston, but say it was against um, maybe a Watford in the Premier League, if it was at Watford, they would have had VAR. Do you think if it was against Watford, he would have sent the Watford goalkeeper off? I think so, yeah. I, I, can't, I, I hate calling it bias. It can't be biased towards the top teams, but I, I just don't understand what VAR are doing. I, I I just and it, not even to send the, the referee over to say go and have a look at it while you while you're waiting just go and have a look. I just don't understand how we're using VAR. It's frustrating me more and more and more every single week because the fact that the decisions are just not being made properly and I just can't get my head around how bad it is. It's laughable. You know, you look at the NFL. I know you you mock it, but they, they, they could take six, eight, ten minutes to call a decision to get it right in the in the Premier League and the FA Cup. It's just embarrassing. I honestly don't know what these people are doing. What is the point of bringing VAR in? I, I look, I, I, I'm not going to blame the refs because they're useless. I've always said that about the top refs in this country. They've been useless for the last since the Premiership has come in. They've been useless, no doubt about that. But the VAR, what, what, what game are they watching? I, I just don't understand. I, it was a clear nasty tackle, red card, job done. If that had been Liverpool, if that had happened, if that had been Flinter had done that or our keeper had done that, he'd have been off. Now, I, for me, the, that's where the consistency is not working. And I, I'll, I'll say the same for te- lower teams down in the Premier League. The consistency is just not there. And it, it drove me mad in when I was in the Premiership with Clive. And it, it must drive fans absolutely bonkers. Even fans of Man United. Even fans of... Yeah, I said, you know, I, just, I said the same about Middlesbrough game. It's Should just scandalous. You know, you know, we, we can all moan about decisions. And we all, it's supposed to even itself out. But VAR is not evening anything out. I... It's like it's nonsense about Mane against Chelsea, you know, when he, he elbowed Aspilicueta. Oh, it was the first minute. It doesn't matter if it's the first minute, 90th minute, 98th minute. It doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know. I just despair of it. And I, I just think it's an embarrassing. And, and, and this this is why it has to be. I just don't know what they're going to do about it. But is it about time they brought in two refs on the pitch? Because the refs just cannot do the job. It's proven. They are just so poor. And I do blame some of the players sometimes with the theatrics they go through but what I, I just don't know what to say about it anymore I, I just got wound up and I, I did shout at the Terry not so much about the penalty because I didn't get up I didn't think well but, but it was a definite red card and as soon as you saw the replay it was obvious so the VAR yeah. surely got the same replays and I was fuming and don't get me wrong Liverpool would have won the game regardless even if they'd been 1-0 down with with 10 men but, you, know, but you know like you said you would have gone 1-0 up they would have gone down 10 men I'm not saying you would have won but no. No, Liverpool no. were the better team. Not, ne- let's you not never play. know. No, we, we, it could have been a lot more uncomfortable for them for a lot longer. Like they yeah. were by far the superior team. I'm not even stupid enough to realise they were. They were, they were by far the superior team. But it frustrates me that they can't get these basic things right. Just basic decisions, you know. And I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not going to defend Man United because you know my stance on Man United. They've had a lot of luck in the past when they. But that, some of the decisions again, it's just nonsense. I, I don't know what the point of VAR is. And like you said, how can you have VAR in one game in the FA Cup and then not have it in another? 
it's just totally the consistency is just totally balmy for me it's balmy i i just don't understand it like just another modern football thing that i just don't understand but aside from the officials, obviously, um, you did give debuts uh, to King and Denham. Ruben Cole will come off the bench for that brilliant finish in the 80th minute to get you a deserved goal. But I, I remember saying to you before the game that I thought he was a bit clueless in, in giving King and Denham their debuts against Liverpool and not starting your strongest team, even though you do have Peterborough on, on Tuesday. But um, you must have been pleased. Like I said, I was really impressed with Mark Harris. You defended really well. Yeah, OK, you did have a defensive error with NG and McGuinness slipped for the Harvey Elliott volley and etc. But, you know, 1-11 to 11 and, and your subs had come on. You must have been really proud on, on how much of a game you did give Liverpool because I remember saying to you guys, oh, it could have been a 4-0 battering. You did better than Man United, which I'm surprised you haven't boasted about yet. Or better well, that, both, that's not difficult to do, is it? Well, yeah, we'll pass on that. But you must have been really pleased with and proud of your players. Yeah, I thought they were superb, and I thought they they played well. You know, don't get me wrong. Like you said, the game you got coming up against Peterborough is far more important. The game you had against Barnsley last week, which was dire, was more important than this. But I thought they played well. That Denham, I was, I thought he was absolutely class. I thought King was a bit. He got a bit tired towards the end, which I got no problem with. But I thought that Denham at the back, you know, for a debut, I thought he looked better. And he made Flint look a bit better because I think he got a bit of pace. I think what we need to balance it out because Flint's got no pace and this guy's got a bit of I thought he was superb some of the pass up the line I thought was good his positioning was brilliant I was very impressed with him and I got to admit I know when you text me I was like I didn't want to lie because I thought yeah we're going to get absolutely you know ripped apart yeah I just couldn't see us but I think if we're honest I think we scored the best goal of the game out of the four yeah <laughs> you know so well you yeah. would argue that the Harvey Elliott volley was a pretty good volley to, to it be was, but they, they just, like you slip, said, he but... slipped, didn't he? You know, so I thought we scored the best goal of the game, and for me, that makes us a better team than Man United, and that's, that's all I've got to say, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll, we'll pass on that. But as you said, brilliant performance from Cardiff. Unfortunately for you, though, and, and Cardiff fans, and probably most people couldn't get over the line. Um, but you know, can be proud of your efforts, and let's hope for your sake, anyway, that you can stay up in the, the championship and focus on the league now. But you know, you haven't prioritised the FA Cup recent years, but at least you can say you've had a bit of a cut run and, and won one game in it anyway. And, and I suppose can be proud of that effort. But no, it is Liverpool that um, go through. So yeah, obviously a brilliant victory uh, for Liverpool, but credit to Cardiff giving uh, them a right or go as well, especially after a really good first half performance as well. One team that... Uh, well, had a blistering first half performance, but also a really good second half performance. Was Nottingham Forest winning the big East Midlands derby um, as well, 4-1. They went ahead after 23 minutes through uh, Zinc and Nagel as well before Brennan Johnson, 23 seconds later. Um, mistake from Leicester, brilliant down the wing uh, as well, young Welsh uh, international. And then slid it past uh, Danny Ward as well, fellow Welsh goalkeeper. As well, and then Warwell scoring the captain uh, Dan Warwell on his return um, as well in the 32nd minute as well before a terrible mistake from Samba, the Nottingham Forest goalkeeper, um, coming right outside his box and then Kalechi and Acho finishing in the 40th minute as well to give some hope before uh, Jed Spence, who obviously um, been really good for Nottingham Forest this season, played really well. Uh, when they knocked out Arsenal in the third round as well, uh, Middlesbrough Loney as well, wrapping it up in the 61st minute to send Nottingham Forest through to um, round five um, 
as well. Obviously, two shocks now, Lloyd. Um, one of them was your team, um, Arsenal. But you've got to say, for, we'll start off with Nottingham Forest because a lot of credit to them. I mean, what a really good outfit they look. And especially under Steve Cooper, obviously, ex Swansea manager did really well there. You would fancy that Nottingham Forest could get a playoff position this year and be challenging to come up to the Premier League. Yeah, like especially as of recently, they've looked really good. Like you said, uh, some of the players who played against us were really impressive, and I wouldn't be surprised if, well, if if they didn't go up this season, that they get they can get like a big Premier League move. Especially that with well, Spence looks good. Brennan Johnson, he's another who looks quite good. I think they definitely have a. Well, I I, I feel like a lot of their players could probably make the Prem. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, Brennan Johnson, Jed uh, Spence, if they're not playing Premier League football next season, um, there'll be something wrong as well. Um, James Garner, young man, United youngster as well, getting the assist, brilliant performance um, by him as well. So, you know, Forrest got some really um, good talents as well. And, and Keen Davis was brilliant yesterday, despite unfortunately, um, disgracefully, really, Unless the fan run on the pitch when uh, Nottingham Forest was celebrating his third goal and Keen Davis got um, physically assaulted as well, which obviously is sickening. I think Leicester have already um, issued a statement saying he's been arrested and he's been banned as well, which is brilliant to see from Leicester as well. But, you know, they've got some really, as you said, really good players. But Leicester, on the other hand, I know you said it before, especially this season, how, how poor they've been and how poor Brendan Rodgers is and how he's under pressure. I mean... If any performance could sum up this season, it's pretty much been this one, hasn't it? Yeah, it was like I, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm kind of quite glad it happened. Like I've seen a lot more Leicester fans now come out and say that well, they need to move on. They need to get, they need to get different manager in. I think a lot of people are still like obviously he did, he did brilliantly winning the FA Cup with them, and obviously taking them, well, taking them where he has. But I think it is time to move on now before. Before all of this slips away, and before he unders all of the good he's done for the club, like obviously he has done a good job, you know, like they were in top four for ages. Yeah, he did fall slightly out of it then towards the end, but he's like he's still gonna, he's still done a good job with him. But then this season, well, like I, like people have like the signs, you you can see the signs of this drop off, and it's when well, it's it's definitely come now. And I think that well, I'd, I'd be really surprised if he lasts the season at this point. Yeah, couldn't come at a worse time, especially in that big East Midlands derby as well. Leicester, obviously, have got Conference League coming up as well, dropping out the Europa League. But what, 10th in the league now? So, as you said, not been a, a good season um, for them so far as well. One team that it has been a brilliant season for, going really well in the National League, challenging for promotion to the FL for the first time. Um, and brilliant run in the FA Cup as well. They took 1,400 fans of them to Bournemouth. That's 500 more than their average home attendance. Obviously, normally have 900 as their uh, average attendance as well. But it was 37-year-old Mark um, Ricketts that scored uh, the winner in the uh, 38th minute to send non-league Bournemouth through to the fifth round after beating um, Championship High Flyers Bournemouth and Bournemouth had all their, their big hitters out as well some of their, their players they signed on deadline day Todd Cantwell they had um, obviously quality players out Freddie Woodman was in there Nat Phillips was in there um, McCondes who scored a hat-trick in the last game so they had on and on they had uh, really uh, high-profile players but he was born with the cause and upset and 
in a way, Max, it is a bit fitting that the last game of the uh, FA Cup fourth round, which you would say has been one of the most exciting FA Cup rounds in a, a very long time with uh, some massive shock almost happening. Obviously, the, the shock on Friday that started off, that we started off with a shock at Old Trafford and we're ending up with a, a shock of a non-league team at the Vitality Stadium. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's what you watch the, the competition for. I think that is such a huge setting point and, and, and obviously to get, uh, you know, a few upsets in, in one uh, in one round is, you know, it's, it's impressive and, uh, yeah, and I thought I thought it was a very impressive impressive result. Uh, obviously, another great upset to to watch. Obviously, not maybe not if you're a Bournemouth fan, but uh, for for a neutral, it you know, that's everything the FA Cup's about. Hundred percent agree there. And as I said, there are three leagues below Bournemouth, and they're the first non-league side to make the fifth round since Sutton United and Lincoln in 2017 were National League uh, sides at the time. And obviously Sutton went out to Arsenal, but were obviously famous for that piting goalkeeper <laughs> win Shaw incident um, as well. But no, for Borenwood, it's a, it's a classic FA Cup victory as well. One of the uh, best shocks in a while. And obviously, you know, it's two championship teams now that have fallen to non-league teams. Kidderminster knocking out Bournemouth in the last round, uh, knocking out Reading, sorry. And obviously Borenwood doing... The same to Bournemouth as well, but a brilliant way to round off um, a brilliant FA Cup weekend um, as well. Maybe not for my team, Man United. Brilliant for Max. Really good for, in a way, good for Alex. Brilliant Cardiff performance, but obviously it doesn't really affect Lloyd because Arsenal couldn't uh, get into the fourth round. FA Cup fourth round, not for everyone. Um, that's all I'm going to make the most of saying um, as well. But before the Cardiff um, game, the FA Cup fourth round draw um, was made. As well, the games will be played midweek um, in March. I think it's the second of March, or the week of the second of March as well. So these were the ties that were drawn out: Crystal Palace against Stoke, Everton against National League Bournemouth. A really good trip for Bournemouth going up to Goodison as well. Liverpool taking on Norwich, Luton Town against Chelsea, Middlesbrough take on another uh, top six team in Tottenham. Obviously, after beating Man United, Nottingham Forest against Huddersfield, Peterborough United are rewarded. Um, for a really uh, good tie against Man City and an all-Premier League clash between Slampton and West Ham. First of all, on that, Max, happy with Middlesbrough or are you uh, worried you could fall victim to uh, another giant killing? Yeah, I mean, the thought that's always a concern, but, um, you know, I mean, out of respect to, to Middlesbrough, you know, you, you've got to respect the quality that they have. But, um, you, you know, you've got to uh, be confident in your own team to to deliver, and um, yeah, no, it, it should be a good uh, a good matchup, I think. Would say though, if Middlesbrough give the amount of chances they give to Man United, you would fancy Harry Kane and Son um, to bury them um, as well. But Lloyd, on the other hand, um, you've got to look at the likes of maybe Southampton, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Everton. This could be a really chance to. Uh, to go on and, and shock a few people and win a competition or even reach the final and semis at Wembley. Well, yeah, it, it does look like it does look like there's a good chance for a lot of these uh, all these teams who are well, like they often don't really get that far. And I think it's mainly because uh, the, the biggest and the best FA Cup team in Arsenal aren't in the cup anymore. <laughs> so I think that's just going to allow these other teams to have a to have more of a chance at it. But obviously, Arsenal are out now. But Liverpool are actually in it this year. Like, obviously, normally they just go out really early. Klopp will play the youth. Like, it was this season, like, Trent and Alisson made the debuts in the cap. Is it like, which is just, like, ridiculous. But, like, it looks like they might be taking this seriously now. And maybe Klopp wants another trophy for the cabinet. 
So I, I definitely think it'll be really interesting, yeah. 100% agree. If you had to pick out one tie, though, to watch out for in the fifth round. Oh, I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go Middlesbrough. I reckon they'll go all the way. You think, you think Middlesbrough beat Tottenham? I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say, come out and say, I think they'll win. But I think if Bournemouth can do whatever, uh, what Kinnaminster did to West Ham, I think, why not? Bournemouth would have a... A really great chance. I know, obviously, new manager, Frank Lampard, brilliant job, but can't see why Bournemouth can't at least take them to penalties or extra time or, or possibly cause the upset as well. But it is going to be a, a massive task as well. So a brilliant weekend of um, FA Cup action as well. There was one game in the Premier League as well, and as you can tell, we haven't left much time to talk about it because it wasn't that much entertaining, to be fair, um, between Burnley and Watford, as you can guess, it finished 0-0. As well, but there is Premier League action um, this midweek um, as well. So we'll be back on the uh, just before the weekend to round up uh, that as well. So apart from Chelsea and Brighton, obviously Chelsea taking part in the Club World Cup this week has been a bit concerned that Thomas Tuchel could not travel to Abu Dhabi because he's tested positive for COVID before the uh, Plymouth game as well. But Chelsea got a semi-final away at, uh, or I say away, obviously over in UAE, at Al uh, Halin, who've got the likes of Odi and Agalu in their team, obviously ex-Man United and Watford, Matthias Pereira, ex-West um, Brom as well. So I've got some recognisable names in the final on uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday as well on on Channel 4, the uh, Chelsea game is on Wednesday at half four on um, E4 as well. But the Premier League uh, this week, all games are on BT Sport as well. On Tuesday, there are um, three games. West Ham return uh, to action, obviously, after that. Um, just about victory against Kidderminster against Watford at quarter to eight as well. We may have the chance to see a lot of Everton uh, at Newcastle debutants playing against obviously some Everton uh, debut players themselves Donny van der Beek, Deli Alley, obviously introduced to the Everton crowd on the weekend so they might feature as well so it's Newcastle Everton at quarter to eight as well the big game then between struggling Burnley and you would say in a sense struggling Man United at eight o'clock um, as well Wednesday sees four games Norwich Crystal Palace at quarter to eight Man City Brentford also at quarter to eight and top Tottenham Southampton at quarter to eight. Aston Villa Leeds is an eight o'clock game as well. And then two games on Thursday, both at quarter to eight. Wolves against Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, Leicester, first of all, you, Lloyd. Wolves obviously been really good at keeping clean sheets recently and have been playing really well, especially against the top teams, Liverpool, Man City. Think you'll be able to break them down though and get the three points? Uh, I'm not confident at all. Normally, Wolves are kind of a bogey team. Do only do that well. But, um, we've got some injuries out, some crucial ones as well. I'm I'm not confident, and I I think it's a big game as well. If we do want to keep that top four one going, yeah, I think all the games for the top four uh, hopefuls now are all big games. Max for you, Southampton obviously had 120 minutes in their legs the other day. I had to bring on some of their star players um, to to save them against at Coventry. So maybe a bit of an advantage. Do you fancy your chances against the Saints? It's I mean they found a bit of form recently, and you know. Maybe a bad time to play them, and obviously we drew last time out against them. But um, you know you've got to have confidence, and I think this is a certainly an improved uh, Spurs team in terms of form. And, and you know it's hoping that new signings can bed in. And, and you know I think you know it is like Lloyd said, we're in a similar situation. It is a it is a must-win game for top four. <laughs> kind of every game is now. And uh, yeah, no, I mean 
again, you can never be too confident with Spurs, but yeah, no, I think we should uh, we should win that game. And for Man United, um, two injury doubts as well. Alex Tellez and Fred have tested positive for COVID. It looks like Bruno and Moran are going to te- uh, uh, be fit enough as well. We have got Jesse Lingard in the squad. Obviously, what's been going on with him and Cavani's back as well, so a boost. So, um, on paper, we should beat Burnley, but you never know with Man United. So, I'm not going to say I'm too confident. I think we will do it, but um, you never know. Um, as well, but one tournament that's been going on the past few weeks as well, and it's been pretty exciting really, we've had incidents from the first game within what, 40 seconds it was at, uh, 44 minutes it was that challenge, was it 40 seconds or 4 minutes, can't even remember now that penalty incident where there was that um, horrific tackle that went to VAR as well set the tone for the tournament, we've had players walking off, teams walking off the pitch for games not well, finishing early um, in that Tunisia game as well, we've had loads of penalty shootouts, especially if you're Egypt as well. But the final or the third place playoff, first of all, on um, Saturday was involving a host Cameroon, brilliant hosts um, as well. Obviously, um, for them or for the whole tournament and football world, really, there was obviously that um, really upsetting scenes at their main stadium, which hosted the final um, where eight people lost their lives because of a crush as well but I hope now that they have made their um, fans uh, really proud because they got third place you just had to see the celebrations they had beating Burkina Faso uh, 5-3 on penalties after drawing 3-3 as well then in the final it was uh, Salo against Mane, Salo obviously of Egypt and Sario Mane of Senegal, Mane missing a penalty in normal time as well before scoring the winning penalty to win 4-2 on penalties for Senegal's first ever African Cup of Nations win and funny enough they do play each other um, next month as well in two games, two legged ties to uh, decide who goes to the uh, World Cup as well so maybe a bit of an advantage for Senegal but first of all starting with you Lloyd I mean you know for the people that haven't watched the African Cup of Nations I mean it's been a really exciting tournament hasn't it? Yeah, it, it has been really good. It does. Well, it's everything you want in a major tournament. Like you'll see, have these incredible world-class players that you get to watch more. But another part of it I like is like seeing the players that you you haven't really heard of as much. Like I think with the Euros, just because it gets more coverage, and it's, it's just been more like it's, like obviously in Europe, it's more covered. But like learning about some of the some of the other lesser-known African players, I think that's definitely a really strong aspect of it. As you said, forced uh, a few star players. Edward Mendy, obviously, didn't mention him. Senegal, I mean, what a year he's had. Uh, FA Cup final, Champions League final, League Cup final. And now he's an African Cup of Nations winner um, as well. But I t- 100% agree there that, you know, we have seen uh, a few star players. We've seen, obviously, that Egypt goalkeeper that's made all them saves. Um, that well, he was the reserve goalkeeper, isn't he? So, as well. But Max is, you know, like... Lloyd just said there, it's been a, a really good tournament. There's been obviously a few shocks in there and, and obviously it was all the talk about going into it that, um, you know, the criticism of the tournament, but it has really shone and what a tournament should be about. Yeah, no, it's really, it really is encouraging, especially for, you know, African football, I think for the entire continent, really, it is it is such a, an incredible event. And um, obviously, I think, Seeing it, seeing it be broadcast and more, and more widely available for everybody, I think that's that's a really good thing. And um, 
you know you, you hope that it can just grow more in the future now and uh, hopefully the next tournament can be even better but yeah i think yeah thoroughly enjoyable and uh, and really really fantastic to see and then finally, before we end this uh, historic show, um, we haven't had obviously a show since. It was deadline day last week, last Monday on the 31st of January. Um, this is while he did see some of the big deals uh, take place as well. First of all, Brentford completed the first deal of the day, signing Christian Eriksen, a brilliant comeback story for him. Obviously, we all know what happened in the summer um, where obviously he effectively died for a few minutes as well. So it'd be brilliant to see him. Could make his debut this week against Man City. So it'd be brilliant to see him back on um, the football pitch as well. Burnley compete their signing of their uh, the Wolfsburg striker uh, Weghorst as well for 12 million. Made his debut on the weekend as well. Man City signed uh, Julian Alves. Obviously, I said about him coming to Man United. It obviously never happened. 14.1 million, but he's gone back on loan to River Plate as well. Tottenham had two signings we'll talk about in a minute uh, as well. Newcastle were also busy on deadline day signing Matt Target on loan from Aston Villa and then completing the signing of Dan Byrne for 13 million as well. Uh, John Philippe Mateta signing on a permanent deal for Crystal Palace from Mines. Um, as well, Everton two deals for them. They signed Delhi Alley, which was on a free, but when you include bonuses, could rise to 40 million from Tottenham and Donny van der Beek on loan as well. Brighton signed Dennis Shindeva from uh, Royal Union in um, Belgium. Chelsea complete the late sign of Mason Burster from Charlton. He's gone back there on loan as well. Everton also signed Ben Crelling from Fleetwood. But um, first of all, uh, Max. Your two signings on deadline day, Kuliseski on loan from Juventus and one player that Aston Villa interested in, Rodrigo Benacur from Juventus for 15.9 million. Happy with the two signings? No, I am really happy with the signings. I think that the, it's clever business and kind of young, promising players that fit in, but also Conte's quite happy with the business as well. And I, and I think that's that's all you really ask for. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think they obviously made their debuts against Brighton in the FA Cup. Do you think now they will be the right fit? Do you think you'll sign Kuliseski on a permanent deal? Because obviously Arsenal been interested in him before, did really well in the Euros. So do you think you can sign him permanently? Yeah, I think I think that they will. I mean, it's a fairly you know modest price, and and for what you know looked like uh, he he seemed pretty pretty good on his debut for only featuring for half an hour, but quite encouraging. And yeah, I mean for a low price for a you know, 21 year old who's, you know, for, for quite a young player who seems to be physically adapted to the league quite well uh, already. You know, I think he's, you know, quite tall and uh, and quite well built. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think he's a, a great option. And, yeah, I'd be surprised. I'd be really surprised if they don't make it permanent. So, yeah, no, really good business. And Christian Eriksen going to Brentford. I mean, fairy tale story that. You know, it really is. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic to see something like that. And obviously for, you know, a club, like Brentford to take him on and give him the opportunity, you know, it's, it is fantastic for everybody, you know, especially, you know, as a Spurs uh, fan and, and, and seeing him uh, back in the day and, and his return to the Premier League now, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic for absolutely everybody uh, to see, I think. And happy you got rid of Daly Alley permanently? Oh, yes and no. I mean, it is definitely, it was definitely the right time. Um, uh, I think it was definitely the, the right move. But um, you know, it's still you know it's still quite sad. Obviously, it's kind of the end of an era for him. Um, uh, so I mean, yeah, it is it is kind of a, a bittersweet sort of thing. But just hopefully uh, now uh, he can move on and and 
just I think at the end of the day, it's about the player and it's about you know what's best for him. And um, I think maybe what is best for him is that you know he goes out, uh, plays football, and try to uh, try to tries to refine uh, the form that he had uh, back in the day a few years ago. So yeah, I mean it's all about you know what's best for the player, and I think that that was a move at the end of the day. Yeah, it was one. There was also one deal uh, of. Uh... Luke Plange going from Derby to Crystal Palace for one million youngster, but he went back to Derby for uh, exception. But going back to Everton, Lloyd, quickly, two really good signings on deadline day. Uh, yeah, both both very good players. Uh, I think it would be quite interesting where they fit in, though, because like, I kind of see both as like kind of similar players, and uh, they, they need a, a large portion of the team kind of built around them to properly utilise them. And they'll be interested to see if. Um, See if Lampard gets them both playing in the same team in the same system, or depending on the on the game, uh, like he could play the the Delhi Alley system or the Van der Beek system. So I think that'll be quite interesting. And obviously Frank Lampard was uh, officially announced on deadline day as well on a two-year, half-year deal until 2024. So a very good deadline day um, for them as well. Elsewhere, looking. Uh, internationally in uh, Europe because there was some really good deals as well staying in um, the uh, EFL first of all as well there were some big deals Bournemouth obviously I've said about them signing um, Kiefer Moore who handed in a transfer request at, at Cardiff as well there was some uh, what did I say Freddie Woodman Todd Cantwell going um, there as well so some really big deals Nat Phillips so some really um, good signings for Bournemouth the reward strengths and them um, going up to the Premier League um, as well obviously you did see um, some other teams make some really good business during Stoke signing Joss a major from Bordeaux on loan um, as well so and obviously talked about Cardiff's deal with um, Alex early on but looking um, more abroad now um, you did see um, some big deals happen um, as well. You saw Nandon Belly leave Tottenham to Leon. Obviously, we talked about him um, last week as well, going out on loan. Brian Hill going from Tottenham to uh, Valencia. Lascelles going from Tottenham to Villarreal. Quickly, Max, three good loan moves. Um, I think so. Uh, I think you know some of them maybe uh, are almost kind of just trying to get them out of the club entirely. Um, and that is Ndombele and the Celso, I think I think it's probably best for them to maybe to move on. But I think Brian Hill is just about him getting minutes. It's an interesting, it's a strange move, obviously him going out on loan after you know, half a season. But I think at the end of the day, it's about having him play games. Uh, I would have probably preferred to see him stay uh, in England. Obviously, I think lots of the, the things that he needs is is maybe uh, development and an adaptation to the to the English game. Because I think physically, you know, I think he needs to, to develop a bit. But I mean, if you know, if he couldn't find that move, and you know, he wants to go back to Spain, uh, I think you know, as long as he's playing games, uh, you know, I think that's that's the most important thing, really. And one player that um, come back to, um, well, staying in uh, Europe now with Barcelona, the Arsenal um, former Arsenal player Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. It was a bit of a a Peter Owen Wiggy moment. Um, Odin Wiggy moment, sorry. That at 2.41, he'd uh, gone over to Barcelona. At 3.43, it was announced that he'd just gone on holiday and the deal was off. And then quarter past 11, he was back on. So, first of all, Lloyd, are you happy you got him off the wage books? Because even though you haven't got the transfer fee and it is a free deal, you are saving, what, 20 million in wages. So, is there a good uh, 
well, good deal about that, even though you didn't bring in a striker. Uh, yeah, like I think it's kind of similar to the Deliani situation. It's like I'm I'm happy he's gone because it's good for the wage, but like he, he wasn't doing anything. But I'm quite sad to see him go as well. Yeah, obviously Barcelona had their own problems with uh, Usman Dembele not going despite Chelsea's um, links with him. He stayed um, as well, so that probably meant that um, you, he was always going to sign a Bamiang as well. But one, the, probably the biggest deal, I would argue, of the transfer window, especially good business and definitely a deadline day, was um, up, over in Scotland, up in North. We don't talk about him much, but it was uh, Rangers uh, be assigning Aaron Ramsey, which never thought you'd say as well. They beat off the likes of um, Crystal Palace, Wolves, were interested, Brentford, West Ham, Aston Villa. You had the likes of, there was possible interest from Borussia Dortmund, but he did go to um, Rangers in the end. I think Juventus paying a lot of their uh, full wages as well. There is an option to buy, but it looks like, um, well, he could he could stay. You know, if they win the league, then they'll go into the, the Champions League group stage as well. So, um, you know, you would say a very surprising room at move, but... First of all, Max, is that a good move for Juventus? They've got him off the wage book, but do you understand it that he turned down the Premier League to got Rangers? No disrespect to obviously Rangers, one of the biggest clubs in the UK, but good move for him. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe in terms of football, you know, I mean, not to disrespect the Scottish League, maybe if he were wanted to play a high level of football, obviously he would have gone to the Premier League. But I think it is a good choice to go to the, to, to Rangers because I think it gives an opportunity to be. Um, Kind of loved and admired by a fan base, and and you know if he can you know, perform really well there, I think he'll he'll go down as quite a, an iconic player for them. Um, as opposed to maybe if he came back to the Premier League, and I think you know if if he goes to any club other than Arsenal, you know there is maybe a potential that he damages reputation uh, amongst Arsenal fans. So you know I think it is a it does make sense as a move um, to go to Rangers. So yeah, I think I think you know hopefully it, it works out well and uh, and all the best to the player. And as an ex-Arsenal uh, player, uh, Lloyd, you happy he's gone to Rangers? Right move for him? Uh, yeah, that's, I'm really happy for him. I think I think he'll light up the league. Like I I I, I wasn't thinking back at Arsenal, but I wish he never left. I, I wish he was still here. You wouldn't take him back at Arsenal, really? I'd take him at Man United to be honest. Well, he's like well, he's really injury prone. He's old and he's on big wages. It doesn't really make sense. Like I I take him on loan. Uh, purely because like well, the wage isn't really concerned and the injuries don't really concern either. But th- there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to do brilliant. It would be interesting though, wouldn't it, if uh, Wales do play Scotland, the World Cup playoff final, Ramsey uh, scores the winning goal, what your reception will be like up in, uh, in Scotland as well. And quickly on uh, that World Cup as well, there has been some news regarding England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland that they've announced their bidding for Euro 2028 and the drop in their uh, bid for the 2030 World Cup as well, which they initially planned as well. So we could see uh, the next, or oh, not the next Euros, because that's in Germany, but the Euros after that over in um, Britain. I know if it was in Wales, it would be the Principality Stadium. I think Northern Ireland are building their own stadium, and obviously you've got the, the big stadium as well. So something to look forward to in the future as well. But for now, that is um, the uh, it for the 100th St. Martins Football Show. We'll be back. On Friday, we're uh, hopefully for, well, definitely for my sake, my team, Man United, can return back to winning ways. Yeah, uh, Lloyd will finally get to see Arsenal back in action as well. As I said, not in the FA Cup, 
action as well. And Max will be hoping that Tottenham can can continue their brilliant run of form um, as well to uh, be an informed Southampton. But all that's left to say is this weekend has proved why the FA Cup really is the best cup competition in the world. We've had shocks, we've had oh so nears and we've had heartbreak. And we've also seen Arsenal and, not, and Man United uh, bottle it in the uh, fourth round, the big team. So thank you for listening and goodbye.